0: Hey, it's Justin, and I have a big announcement and personal invitation for you. This May, we're inviting a small group of people to Austin to learn how to grow their wealth tax-free and get access to some of my personal friends and experts in the industry. We did something similar last year, and the feedback was incredible, so we set aside a few tickets for non-Mastermind members to join us for this event. You'll spend some time learning from Garrett Gunderson, the brilliant and hilarious mind behind Money Unmasked, and the New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling book, Killing Sacred Cows, and one of my favorite books, What Would the Rockefellers Do? He's going to share his insights on how to grow your assets tax-free with life insurance. And you'll also get some time with Rob Dial, the mastermind behind the Mindset Mentor Podcast, who will share with you how to find fulfillment in success. Then you'll get to participate in a special investment presentation, in-depth discussions, and breakout sessions on two crucial yet often overlooked topics, personalized tax strategies and wealth building. Plus, when you register, you'll have the opportunity to attend a one-day course the day before on vetting deals. If you want to learn our process so that you can make great decisions, there's no better teacher than Hans Box. This is our most requested topic, and it'll be an exceptional course. Seats for the course and the one day event are limited. So if you're interested, please grab your ticket today. I always say you're just one connection, one decision, and one strategy away from true freedom, and I look forward to helping you on your journey. Head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live or click the link around this video and secure your ticket now before we sell out. Hope to see you in Austin this May. Once again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live. I can't wait to see you there. Now, let's get into today's episode. The book
1: is an A to Z guide on how to implement a system of retention and engagement within your team centered around dream achieving. And so the goal of the book was for anybody to pick it up that's a business owner in a leadership position at XYZ company that leads people, right? To be able to take this book and from start to finish, at the end, be able to feel like, hey, this is something that I can do in my organization, Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being
0: able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. If you want to learn all about low risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. How do you create a work culture that leads to happier employees and explosive growth? Today's guest, Dane Espigard, is here to answer that question. While in college, Dane stumbled into an entry-level sales position with Vector Marketing, selling Cutco Cutlery. Little did he know that he would still be with them almost 20 years later. He has since trained thousands of sales representatives, managed over $51 million worth of Cutco sales, and has created a culture centered around dreams that helps independent contractors and employees become more engaged with their work and create consistent growth for his business. In today's conversation, we're talking about Dane's new book, The Dream Machine, A Leader's Guide to Creating Teams of High Performers Who Achieve Extraordinary Outcomes. We also dig into mobile home park investing, how to overcome the fear of failure, his secret to success, and how the dreams concept can improve company culture, increase retention, and give employees a much bigger purpose. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Dane has a gift for Lifestyle Investor podcast listeners. He's giving away his nine categories of dreams with three to four examples in each category, which will allow you to do what I talk about at the end of every episode, which is take a step closer to moving in the direction of a life on your terms by design, full of dreams that you can pursue and achieve. What's up, Dane? So glad to have you on the show. I'm uh, really excited to be here. Obviously, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. This is fun. Well, it's great because, gosh, we've known each other for so long. I mean, what, 15 years or so, maybe Mm -hmm. a little more, maybe 16, 17, Mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, it's just so fun seeing the path that you are on, seeing these moves that you're making because... You and I had the privilege of working together at one point in time, and there's actually... I don't know that there's anyone I've traveled with out of all my friends that I've been to more countries with than you. I think you hold that spot, (laughs) either you or our mutual friend, Pat.
1: Well, I'll be happy to keep that title.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure, right? I mean, we've been all over the globe together, which is cool. Uh, In fact, we'll have to talk about some travel on on the show here today, but... I'm just excited to see this move that you're making from entrepreneur to author and speaker and dreams consultant. There's so much we're going to have to unpack here today and get into, but I'm just thrilled to have you on the show. And what I'd love to do is give some color to who you are, your story. So can you share a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and you play a role in, in a lot of that too, which is why I've been, been excited about having the opportunity for us to chat live like this. So I got started on my entrepreneurial journey right out of high school with, uh, with Cutco Cutlery and Vector Marketing, like a lot of other entrepreneurs. And, and so I did that while I was a student at UW-Madison, decided to stay with them as a career opportunity post-college. And uh, I, I opened my own office, kind of like a franchise under the banner of, uh, of Cutco. And I did that for about two and a half years in the direct sales world. And so mainly recruiting and training students to, to sell the product and then had the opportunity to move up with the company into a division manager position. And, and I've been doing that for a very long time with Cutco ever since. And you are actually one of the reasons I remember being a college student and, and seeing you at a conference with your team and all this and, and saying like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. That, that's somebody I want to get to know and, and something I could see myself doing for a while. So that's what, what my early stages were in the business. Oh, that's so fun. And it's
0: so interesting what intentionality will do for you because you've been very intentional your whole life. And, and I've seen this. This is a common trend in, in who you are and how you show up. And you're very intentional about where you spend your time, this is something for me that was really important. One of my keys to success is, is figuring out who I wanted to spend time with and who I would glean information and expertise from. And you're very much that same way. And you're just an absolute student. You have this insatiable desire to learn. And then you just have this infectious enthusiasm and humor. So people just love being around you. So those of you that, that don't know Dane, uh, the guy is hysterical, and he will just crack you up the whole time you're hanging out. So, no pressure,
1: by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no pressure at all on this episode. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. And and so with that job right out of college, that was something that really attracted me to the role with seeing young individuals really enjoying what they were doing, having a lot of fun, and and growing their skill set with it. And so uh, I've spent a long time with Cutco, about 19 years now, and then uh, that's led me to other. Uh, opportunities outside of the Cutco and Vector world, which I've been really excited to take advantage of as well. Well, I don't know if I should be happy
0: or sad about this, but I worked really hard when I was in that organization to set a bunch of different (laughs) records. And uh, I was very proud of having the largest week and largest month and largest summer. And just the list goes on for different milestones or company records. But if there was anyone that I would want to break my records, and there are a handful of people that I'm thrilled would be in the running, but you're really at the top of the list. You and and our, our mutual friend Drew and Wes, there are a handful of guys that I just love seeing the success that they've had, but you seem to have taken down most, if not all of my records. So it's really funny because I'm excited for you, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I guess I don't have anything there anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's been a slow uh, erasing of you from the record books, but it's been a fun. It, you know, I got to watch all of the, the stuff that you had done in the business. So, you know, coming second, I think uh, having the after opportunity makes it a little bit easier to, to follow in your footsteps. So it's been, it's been fun, especially in, in the last couple of years dealing with the COVID stuff. It's been a roller coaster within the organization, but a lot of fun to think on our feet and come up with new programs as we go. Well, it's like sports. It's so fun to be competitive and have numbers. And yeah. man,
0: like being a spectator, you know, I used to be a player in the game. And then I was kind of like a coach in the game. And that was really fun, like watching my team and, and, you know, development that I had breaking records. And now I'm on the sidelines. I'm a spectator and I'm watching my good friends that are ripping up the Cutco world. And so it's great seeing you do so well. And even coming into our episode today with several new records that you've broken. So super cool. And along the way, you made a transition with the way that you were investing, right? Mm -hmm. Because early on, I remember starting to invest in mobile home parks and everyone thought I was crazy, probably including you. I don't know. You never gave me too much trouble about it. But that proved to be one of the greatest investments that I made. And even the foundation before that was like investing in a very specially crafted uh, dividend paying whole life policy. Specifically for me, I like, you know, a non-direct recognition company, high dividend, uh, but a bunch of specialty additions and riders, things that your general practitioner can't do. You really need an expert. Mm-hmm. You do not want an off the shelf policy, and then from there, I took those funds, I borrowed against that, and that was my down payment in mobile home parks and I bought my first one, my second one, so on, and so forth and you really have had a lot of similarities in your investments, and things have gone really well for you i 'd love for you to talk about that
1: yeah, well, you know I think it kind of goes with the principle before of if you find somebody you know that 's successful uh, don 't try and reinvent the wheel, just try and Find out what they're doing and do do as they do, and so that's um, that's what I've modeled a lot of mine in Brooklyn, my wife's stuff from is off of what you did. So you'd mentored me in the business for quite some time, and then as we talked, and you were like, "Hey, I started doing this, you know, this thing with life insurance. Here's here's some information on it. Here's some reading," and so I went forward with that, and then uh, the mobile home thing was was really interesting. And you know, I think part of it when you said I'm getting into mobile home parks. I don't think I thought it was crazy, but I think also part of it was, you know, I'm at that point I'm, I'm making my living with a knife company, which is already a little off the grid or off the radar, <laughs> if you will, for most. And so, different uh, I've always looked at as good. And so, when you explained pretty quickly why the mobile home space makes sense, it was, hey, here's this this boot camp that you can go to to learn from. I remember it was uh, 2014. Brooklyn and I were under contract to buy our first house. And you told us about this. I, I came home. I was like, "Brooke, Justin's getting into mobile home parks, and I think this could be a good move." And we're about to purchase a home. Do we want to do that, or do we want to buy a mobile home park? And so we actually backed out of the deal. And then I went to the the boot camp, and I think it was within six months after the boot camp, we had a park under contract. And then we've obviously furthered our, our investing in mobile home parks. We just got a new park under contract on Friday, which I'm really excited about as well.
0: Oh, it's so cool. It's so exciting, and. It's interesting because you look at one of the things I talk about in my in my episodes, like at the end of each episode, I always say, hey, take some form of action, take a step towards the direction that you want to go in life, the life that you want to live and financial freedom. But most people really don't do that. So if someone can just consistently take a step and move forward and have at least like an idea of what they want out of their life. Great things are going to happen. It might not happen overnight, but you're a great example of this because you went to a boot camp and within six months, So you had to have taken action in order to actually have closed and owned a park within six months. Due diligence is generally like 60 days, right? Mm -hmm. 45 to 60 days. So that means you left this boot camp and then you started looking for parks and probably within three months of graduating from that course. And by the way, for anyone that uh, checked out the episode with Frank Rolfe, that's the course yeah. that both of us attended. He's brilliant. Number five, you know, owner, largest private owner of, of mobile home parks in the U.S., number five overall. And he just does an unbelievable job. But you took action. And I mean, I know the backstory. I know what happened with that first park. I'd love to have <laughs> you share it so our listeners, our audience
1: can get a chance to learn that because you did very well. Yeah, and, and Frank's hit that, that seminar is awesome. It is super simple. And as somebody who had no experience with real estate, I went to it, left, and felt very comfortable saying, Oh, this is something I can, I can totally do. And I had my father-in-law is, is fantastic. And he's always basically been up for he's an entrepreneur and, and former CPA, now entrepreneur, and, and hands in a few different things. And so I went to him and said, Hey, would you wanna would you want to partner up on something like this? And we had some conversations previously about different things. And he said, Yeah. I'm in for whatever. So I was the one who went to learn and and soak up the knowledge and we were going to do this together. So we've been 50-50 partners in all these. But I remember being at the event. I met another guy from Minneapolis. Uh, The one that I attended was in, I think, November, and it was in San Antonio. And I met another guy from Minneapolis, a younger guy. And we were looking around the room. There's probably 70 or 80 people in there. And on a break, I went up to Frank and I said, Hey, Frank, just curious, out of all the people here, how many people do you think will actually buy a park? And he said, Well, you know, not everybody here is to buy one. There's there's many people here that are that are managers that were sent by the owner or something else. He goes, But you know, in my experience, it's probably about 10%, 20% of the people will take action on it. And I said, Oh, that's really interesting. And he talked about how to find the best parts. and he mentioned cold call. And I remember thinking to myself, and you know, and he he kind of glossed over it. He said, Cold coins where are gonna find the best deals, but nobody really does it. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I'm like, I have all this direct sales experience with Cutco. I'm like, that sounds super easy. So I got home December, January. The first couple of weeks are kind of busy with with Cutco, and so I had picked a date that was going to be my first sit down and and rip through some calls. And on my first call session in January, mid January, I reached a, a secretary to an owner. And that was the park that we ended up buying. It was my first sit down of calls and the guy was great. So I was very open with him. I, Hey, looking to buy my first park. And the guy didn't have any tax returns on the park. And so we, we agreed on a price. I went to get financing, couldn't get any, cause there weren't any, you know, all his tax returns showed zero. And I went back to him and said, Hey, I don't know what to do here. He goes, well, I've bought parks without tax returns. I'm like, oh, I'm down to buy the park. I just help me out here. And he goes, go to this bank. And so I went to that bank and, and he had a relationship there. And, and so the bank said, yeah, yeah, we knew, we're aware of the park and we'll finance the deal. So uh, that's how we got our first park. We bought it. It was a, what I now know to be called a turnaround park. So it maybe <laughs> wasn't the best park for me on my first deal, but awesome lessons in there. And, and we ended up buying it for only $350,000. And then we held the park for, I want to say it was 3 years. Doesn't say, yeah, that sounds about right. And uh, during that time, there were some, you know, water issues like a lot of parks, and we were trying to to do some of the things that I had no experience in. And hindsight being twenty twenty, I wish I would have purchased a different park uh, for my first one. But but it was it is what it is. I learned a lot of great lessons from it. We were able to to sell it for uh, I think it was five fifty or five seventy five a couple of years later, and we didn't put any additional funds in other than the profit. So nothing else out of pocket in that r- original purchase. So that was our first experience. And so w- we messed up a lot, but we still had a great return. And so at the end of that, we're like, well, we want to do it again. We just, you know, maybe not a, a flipper park. And, and that park, that guy, Nick Najar, sent me a listing to a park for sale a year later. And it was that park. And he goes, is this near the park that you own? And I said, actually, that is the park I used to own. The guy had basically came in and did all of the things that we should have done. And he did it in one year. And he had it listed for a little over a million dollars. Wow. Right. So that was also part of the lesson on that park of just being able to see it in its full form of somebody who knew what they were doing. And and I didn't feel bad about what we didn't earn on. And if anything, it was great to see the value that we left on the table.
0: Yeah, multiple people can make a good return on it. A lot of people are winning, including the the residents who are getting affordable housing. They're getting to live in a property that is the cheapest place that they can live from an affordability standpoint, but still a good place to live. So I think that's incredible. Now, if my memory serves me correctly, there was another lesson that you learned about uh, when you were selling and you were kind of in between two different buyers. And I think that You may have had like some regret over who you went with or the way
1: things played out, right? Yeah. So, the first, there was a lot that I learned in there. I listed it on my own, tried to do for sale by owner, but I listed a mobile home park store. And I think it was something like the number is a little foggy, but it was over 100, maybe 100 to 130 calls and emails within 24 hours of listing that park. Wow. And it's in Omaha, Nebraska. It was so great area right near the airport. So, prime location, but it was, I was overwhelmed in a big way, like sifting through and kind of deciding who should I go with, who should I not. A lot of big offers, obviously. And being able to determine what was real, what was not. And who's just trying to lock it up and and who's the serious buyer. And so we were... I'm trying to think now. I think we were under contract. It fell apart. We took it off. And then we did it again a year later, I think, is what happened. But we went with somebody who had not seen it and we had an offer from somebody that had walked the park. And that to me, it wasn't a big enough dollar amount difference. I should have gone with the person that had actually had the eyes on the park and had seen it because I knew that it was in rough shape. And so that was a regret that I had chasing the extra 25 grand or whatever it was in the deal, as opposed to somebody that I think could take it to the finish line. Yeah. And what it turned out probably would have taken
0: to the finish line for more. Yeah. Right. After some renegotiation. So great lesson. Great share. Now, uh, I want to give a shout out to your business partner, Jay, also your father in law. Yeah. Because, well, first of all, it's cool that you can be in business and do investments together. I think that's awesome. What a great way to bond. But secondly, as an entrepreneur, he not only owns like used car lots and companies, but he has an incredible Number of restaurants, a pizza restaurant business, several locations. That's just incredible. So feel free to, you know, for for our audience that's
1: in that area, I'd love for them to know about it. Yeah. So he's a part owner in uh, Pitch, which there's two locations in Omaha, Pitch Pizzeria. It's fantastic, and it has pizza on it, but it's so much more than that. I, I never order the pizza when I go because there's so many different options. But there's two locations in Omaha, and they have a third location that opened up in Scottsdale, maybe four or five years ago. But they're great. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, one of the things I for sure think we should talk about today is our love for travel. You and I love to travel. We've taken many trips. I mean, we've definitely been to probably 15 to 20 different countries together. And so some of this time was as single guys, right? Just Prime of you know our professional lives, and then other times this was as couples. We have our spouses with us, and uh, we'll take these fun excursions. I mean, we've done we've been all over the world. So where did this love for travel come for you? Because you just got back from a long trip. You're on like a three week like road trip.
1: Yeah, I traveled growing up, but it wasn't. It was mostly road trips, right? So a lot of our road trips were to North Dakota. So not necessarily like the uh, amazing destination, but uh, that's where our extended family lived. So we would would go there. And so I don't think I was really exposed to a ton of travel growing up. But then in the Cutco world, there's tons of rewards trips that uh, I think a lot of sales organizations have. Cutco does it great when it comes to that. And so there were annual trips for this, annual trips for this. And so qualifying for those right out of the gates. And then always putting on with you, right? A little extender on the front end or the back end to check, check off a few extra countries. And so that's where it started. And then I think it's just never stopped since then. Right. And so it's been something that's just continued and been a part of a part of my individual life. Now my life with my wife and our, you know, and our kids too. Elin, I think she's got, I don't know. Eight or, Savannah probably has many more, but Elon has eight or nine, I think, punches on her passport in terms of different places. It's kind of slowed a little bit the last couple of years, unfortunately. But yeah, we just got back from a three and a half week. This has been on our, our dreams list for a while, but a three and a half week uh, camping trip. We're rookie campers. And uh, my wife, you know her well, she's got a quick trigger for exciting things. So last fall, she goes, we were like looking for campers to rent. And she goes, I'm going to buy an Airstream. I said, what? We don't even know how to camp, let alone... There's so many parts of this that I am ill-equipped for. And she goes, I'm going to buy an old one, and I'm going to gut it and redo it. And I said, okay, there's a whole nother layer now that we are also not experienced with. And so she just went and did it. She bought a 1976 Airstream last fall, gutted it. Some handyman's been helping her, like a local guy. And so we had this trip planned, and it was a success. Little issues here or there. But uh, overall, the trip was awesome. We just pulled into the driveway today and everybody's still talking to each other. So I think that's that's a win. Hey, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to take a quick minute
0: to tell you about my online course. As a listener, you probably know my story. In under two years, I had multiplied my net worth to over eight figures and my investments were generating enough passive income for my wife and me to quit our jobs. Since launching the Lifestyle Investor book and podcast, I've had a lot of people reaching out asking how I was able to accomplish this in such a short period of time and how they can start investing just like I do. My methods are unconventional, but I've always wanted to share my strategies and help as many people as possible accomplish financial freedom. And while the podcast is loaded with lots of alternative investment advice from both myself and my guests, it's not intended to be a comprehensive system that walks you through my step-by-step process. That's why I decided to create the Lifestyle Investor course, a roadmap for anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of lifestyle investing. Anyone can use my system, no matter what level they're at in their investing career. So if you want all my strategies for creating passive income and building wealth conveniently packaged up into a simple to follow course, visit justindonald.com forward slash course for all the details. Now let's get back to the show. That's good. Well, welcome home. (laughs) It's funny because like you grew up in sales, you're great in sales, but the better salesperson is your wife, Brooklyn, because not only was she able to figure out how to buy an Airstream uh, and get you to say yes to that, she also got you to say yes to buying a horse. (laughs) She also got you to say yes to buying like just an obscene amount of like pets and animals. Oh, yeah. Also got you to say yes to buying a gorgeous home. And it's a ways out. So it's like you've got all this land, but just a very modern, fun, huge home. With tons of land, she's got some skills. I gotta give it to her. I hope she listens to this.
1: Yeah, she will. And she, uh, when I talk about our dream stuff, she always says that I throw her under the bus because I talk about how she like wanted horses and this. And I'm like, that's not throwing in the bus. It's getting me to think differently. But yeah, she is a phenomenal salesperson, and she is very clear on what fills her up. Right. Yeah. She is actually
0: very intuitive, right? She trusts her intuition, her gut. I really appreciate that about her. And I feel like for you and I, sometimes we can be busy, just we're good at being busy. We're good at working hard. And so having strong women in our lives that can kind of, that have some intuition, that have some discernment. I mean, both of our wives have this and thank goodness, because it makes us so much better and opens our mind to things that we probably just wouldn't think about. Yeah. You've mentioned something a couple of times, and, and this is the main purpose for the call today because it's what I believe you are the best at, the most skilled at, but you, you mentioned your dreams list. And you and I had the opportunity to learn about this and create one of these, our first one together yeah. back in 2006, if my memory serves me correctly. I think October of 2006.
1: 2007, six was 2006. 2006. Okay. seven was Orlando. Yeah. All right.
0: So 2007. And cause I have my original dreams list where I made, you know, a hundred dreams yep. on the spot and then just kept adding to it from there on. So since 2007, I literally have a list that's just this ongoing tally and it has just proved to be one of the greatest resources. One of the best decisions that I've ever made was to make yep. that I had Jennifer make one of those. We've had Savannah make one of those. We've had a lot of... I've I've had my family do it, my parents, my brother, his wife, like just anyone who will listen. And obviously, in the different organizations, sales organizations we've worked with and separate companies that, that you and I have consulted for with too, this has been a major category. But I feel like you have taken this to a whole new level. You've written a book about it. I want to know how that came about, just your love and passion for this.
1: Sure. So yeah, so this, the dreams concept came from the conference that you're talking about back in 2007. Matthew Kelly was a keynote speaker at our, at our event. And I was never been exposed to the idea of this before. And on the spot, he had us all make uh, make a list of 100 dreams. And and I remember being lit up by that with the, the concept of just wow, yeah, all these things are possible. And how cool would not just the whole list be, but just each individual thing if that happened or if this happened. And so for me, my path with all that stuff was a little different. Yours sounds like it was, I made the list and I've run with it forever. I remember taking mine home, introducing this to my sales team. I think I was 24 at the time. And everybody was excited about it. And like a month later, I didn't really do anything with it again. And it just lived on my computer. I had some moves with work and... and was in 2012 was making a lateral move, same role, different territory to the Twin Cities. And I was trying to be really intentional about the culture that I wanted to set up. Since I had started two businesses at that point, this was going to be my third uh, kind of teams from scratch. Culture was something that I don't think a, a new business owner thinks about a lot or gives a lot of thought to. It typically takes maybe having not the ideal culture for you to recognize how you got there and and maybe how to... How to have something more intentional and more exciting. So, when I was making that move, I was going through. I was reading a lot that year about culture, and and I kept coming back to the dreams thing. I said, "This is this is what would excite me on a regular basis." And so, I'm going to dive back into this. It's going to be our new culture for the team. And so, Brooklyn and I, who we were dating at the time, but we really went all in with that concept. And that was the year that we had our first kind of. Uh, New Year's Eve, where we went through our dreams list, planned out the next year. We've been doing that annually now, which is awesome. And then I started implementing that work. And then from 2013, has really evolved into what it is today. And now we have a full-fledged program of, of helping people create their dreams list. And you know, we made a list of 100. I just got done running one of these in uh, early August. And, and the average person had about 275 on their list. And so it's just this massive list of places you want to travel, things you want to do, experience, work, you know, accomplishments or vocational things and financial, family, spiritual. And so it's not a, it's not all a check it off the list thing, but it's very much a menu of how, how to, you know, how somebody can intentionally live their life by design. And so that's where it started. The book came a lot from your prompting. And so I was excited to be able to have the opportunity to talk about this and, and give you credit for being really the, you know, I don't know if you want to call it kicking the pants or the just like, Hey, you need to do this. Writing a book has is, is been on my dreams list for a long time. But in my mind, it had always been a later in life when I've got all the time in the world and we had the opportunity. I tell the story because it's funny, but COVID had been going on for what, four or five months. I'd been working all on Zoom for for that entire time. Work was stressful, but good. And my wife said, she pulled me aside one morning, was like, hey, don't take this the wrong way, but you've been a little B lately, fill in the blank. (laughs) She used the paper. And I was was taken aback a little bit and she goes, you've been complaining a lot. I think you need to go do some manly things. So I'm gonna send you to Montana to some resort thing. I've already got it figured out. I've already called Justin and he's gonna go with you. And so I couldn't be upset with the comment because she had already booked a trip. And, and I said, all right. And so that led to us going into Montana in September uh, to an awesome resort. It wasn't, (laughs) I joke, it's not like we did a ton of manly things. It was more, we just kind of hung out and ate great food and drank great wine, but we had some time and you had just been launching your stuff and I was massively motivated by that. You were on fire with just excitement of, of everything that was going on. And you said, you've got you've got to write a book. And I said, well, on what? And you said, the dreams thing. That's your thing. It's always been your thing. And, and you've got to do it. And here's how you can do it. And so I remember coming home from that, talking to Brooklyn and saying, Justin thinks I should do it now. And this is why Brooke is so great. There was zero hesitation. She was like, yes, now. And so I said, you understand there's a lot of commitment here. Time, finance like the whole thing, and she's like doesn't matter you need to go do it so that's it. so it started almost a year ago this process and, and the process has been going on for a long time, but the book itself started about a year ago and, and here we are that's
0: such an incredible story and and you know thanks for sharing it i'm so I'm so honored to have a role in it because for any of my friends, especially my close dear friends that I want to see all the success in the world, I just love when they take action and just do things. But I think you made a lot of guys or spouses jealous with how cool your spouse is that she booked you a trip <laughs> and said, go get out of here, go do manly stuff. And for the record, we did do we 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 did like a few manly things. I'd like to point out that we sawed yes. a log, like a a tree, right? I got it over so- here in my office. Yeah, we I mean that's that's the first time I ever done that and we obviously did some archery and uh, I mean there were a bunch of other things yeah. saw a bunch of wildlife. I mean what a cool place. Montana's gorgeous. Yeah. And we went to this ranch but it was really a luxury ranch yeah. and they had some incredible wine and we ended up doing this awesome wine tasting with their uh sommelier that basically gave me the ability to pick a lot of the stuff that we had. Yeah, which was fun. So, it was a great trip but Again, it gets back to this whole idea, Dane, that you are a guy that takes action. You just, you hear something and you don't, I mean, maybe internally you question it for a little bit and say, is this right? Is it not? Should I move forward? But you make a decision and then you do it. And it's so cool to see just how you've been blessed in your life because you are all in. And by the way, what if you did it and it failed? Yeah. you're not really worried about that. You're like, all right, I'm just going to do it and we'll see what happens. And I want to encourage our, our listeners, those that are watching, that's it. Like it may fail, mm-hmm. but you won't have any regrets trying it. And likely you're going to learn a lot of lessons along the way when you try it. But the odds are pretty good that it'll probably work out well, but no matter what, you'll learn something good from it. And you're such a great testament to that concept, Dane.
1: I appreciate that. I think part of it is when I graduated school to, I want to say all the way up until 2012, 2013. So that was, you know, what I think I was 28 or somewhere in there. I didn't do a lot other than just try and really succeed at work. And so financially, I was doing the life insurance stuff, but I didn't have these big audacious goals that were driving me to take action, this or this. And so getting back into the dreams list helped with that because it gave me purpose to say, hey, here are some goals and objectives that I have that I want to get done. And then I also think just with time, I became a little more self-aware to know my strengths aren't necessarily finding my own stuff or this or that. My strengths are doing. And so again, a lot of what I've done has been finding somebody who has a lot of success in a certain area that says you can do this. But also it's listening to the opinions of people that know me really well, like you, clearly my wife. And if they are very much in support of like, this is something you should do and you need to do it now. I, I take that and I know that I'm going to get something done. So it's, I feel comfortable in that place to know I've got support, especially for my wife to say, hey, if there's some struggles along the way, there will be when there are struggles along the way. It, no big deal. We'll, we'll probably still end up with a W somewhere on the board. Yeah, it's a great outlook. If you can look at it
0: that way, then no matter how many failures or things that don't go your way... Kind of pop up and arise, like you still are looking for the W. What's the win? And there are a lot of them. If you're focused on that, if you're focused on all the losses, then it might not feel like you have many. But you know, there's the silver lining and everything for sure. And you brought up another good point that I try and talk about all the time: is you don't have to be creative. You don't have to be unique. All you have to do is copy someone else. I, I feel like my one of my superpowers is that I'm a good copycat. I don't think that takes a lot. I feel like. Most people could be a good copycat. I just happen to recognize it early on and know that maybe my strength isn't doing my own thing. But once I get comfortable and confident in copying someone, then I can deviate and make it my own thing. I can innovate. I can tweak it. And so I love that you recognize that early on. And you said, all right, well, this person's doing something that I like, or, you know, they're successful, I'm going to pursue that. And again, it goes back to your intentionality. I'm going to put these people in my life. I'm going to surround myself with the people that I want. I might not even be on their radar. I remember this with some of my friends today, like dear friends, but I wasn't on their radar at all. Like they didn't even really know who I was. I intentionally placed myself in their lives time and time again, whether it was finding a way to serve them, hook them up with something, connect them to someone else, just add value, just be around. And that has been a
1: huge positive in my life. And I know it has for you as well. I think with the community, if I can add one thing with it too, like the putting yourself in proximity, right? So the Front Row Dads community, which we're both obviously a big member and in, in it's a big part of our, our lives. That for me has been a really big when you brought up the book, I thought of, you know, and I don't think this would have been the case five years ago, but I thought of who do I know that's written a book and it's gone really well. And it's, I could go down the row and there's five, six, seven guys that are in front row dads that it was like, Oh yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And that made me feel a lot more comfortable of, yeah, there's, there's no reason not only can I do this, but I can do it well and and have it succeed. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I just, I love your story. I love what you're
0: doing. And and for the record, I have seen you in action with your dreams list, running a seminar, teaching people how to do, like, just how to start. Because usually when you start, people are like, all right, well, let's make a dreams list. And you write down three things or five things. And you're like, okay, I'm kind of at my limit. But what you do is you elicit these ideas out of people and you get them into this, this zone where, they get creative and playful and fun and, and you coach them through it and you're masterful at it. I mean, I want anyone listening to know, like you have a superpower in facilitation and in creation. So it's funny because you said earlier, you're, you're more of like the copycat, but in this instance, because it's yours and because you've made it your own, you're very creative in this and you pull people into your world. They, they feed off of your energy and enthusiasm. And then obviously they come up with these huge lists and then they just check them off and they're living life. People just are on fire when they're accomplishing their goals, when they're aware of these dreams, these goals. And it's basically a dream until you put a deadline on it. And then it's a goal, right? Then you cross it off. But to live life knowing that you have these dreams that you're gonna accomplish for the year and then you do it, you're on fire. There's no if, ands, or buts. So, you know, I think anyone that gets a chance to hire you to run a seminar or attend one of yours, I know know you're doing consulting and uh, you're coming into, you know, you're you're doing corporate events, you're doing one-on-one stuff with different uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, business professionals. But uh, if anyone has a chance to go to one of your seminars, I highly recommend it. And I know you have the one coming up in October. Tell us more about the book, The Dream Machine. Yeah,
1: so the book is, uh, thank you, by the way, for that. the, the book is, is an A to Z guide on how to implement a system of, of retention and engagement within your team centered around dream achieving. And so the goal of the book was for anybody to pick it up that's you know business owner in a leadership position at, at XYZ company that leads people, right? To be able to take this book and from, you know start to finish, at the end, be able to feel like, hey, this is something that I can do in my organization. And I've been able to obviously firsthand see what the, this concept has done for me personally, but also in the team building aspect within the teams that I run. And it is so great to see people having conversations about their dreams and not just what their sales quota was or what they got done this week or last month. And, and I think about, I got a lot more um, passionate about the application of this Within teams through COVID. And the reason is, you know, we had an area of our business that the events program that was completely wiped out by by COVID. They couldn't do anything. They were basically sitting on their hands for, you know, five months and longer than that. And on my team, we didn't lose anybody from that team during that time. And I remember checking in with some of those individuals. Hey, how you doing? And, And one guy, Bert Wicks on our team, was like, you know, it's actually been great. I've gotten more things done on my dreams list in the last two months than I've ever gotten done before. And what I recognized is this dreams concept, what it does is it flips that switch to where it's no longer I'm living to work, right? But I'm, I'm working and to live. And, and this allowed me to have conversations with people about them as a person, not, hey, I need you to do more business. But hey, how is how is work serving you? What else are you getting down on your dreams list this year? And so it wasn't the... the I think there's a lot of people that struggle with how do I engage with somebody outside of the, the work world, right? And a lot of your listeners probably lead teams and and are in our leadership positions. And this just gives you that dialogue to be able to say, hey, you know, last time we talked or the last dreams exercise we did, there's a couple of things on your list. How are you doing on those? And and there's a lot more to it than that. But but what's been cool with the book is I've been able to now see all the different applications with other businesses through whether it's going in and running a retreat or talking to somebody about, hey, I've got a smaller team. What how can I? implement this into my organization. And it's not a one size fits all, but I haven't met a team yet that isn't excited when when the conversation of this comes up.
0: Yeah. By the way, I'm so excited to hear about Bert. What a wonderful guy. And it's great that he's living a life full of his dreams. When you think about this, I I mean, the the comment I'm going to make on it is if you want like the strongest cultural glue that is just, I mean, electric, this is it. And if you want the cure to retention issues, this is also it. I mean, the, a number of people you can retain through giving them a bigger purpose than just their job, just their paycheck, you tie it into a big vision of what they can do. Now they're, now instead of them working a job or instead of them you know, showing up and working for someone else, now they're working for their long-term dreams. And this keeps people around, it keeps them excited, it keeps them doing better work when they work with you and, and for you. So uh, I think that that's tremendous. Where can our audience find your book? And what I know you've got a, a special promotion going on right now. So please share that.
1: Yeah. My website's just com, And I'm sure it'll be we'll in, put the, it in the show notes. Uh, yep. And then on there, you can purchase it right on there. You can also buy it on Amazon as well. And the promotion that we're doing is that, um, which, which this is, I'm, I'm really excited about. I hadn't, this hadn't really occurred to me until major shout out also to Amber Villhauer and the no guts, no glory team. She's, I've been working with her to, to launch uh, this project and and their team's amazing, but uh, it was through conversations. Yeah. So good. So good. You were one of the recommenders of her as well as Mike Monroe. And, and so, with going down this process, she said, well, have you ever done a a dreams retreat for just anybody, you know, making their own dreams list? And I said, no, it's always been in the structure of work or within our family or something like that. And she said, well, what if you did that as a giveaway? And at first I was like, "Ah, I don't know how that's going to look. And then as I thought about it more, I'm like, that's an awesome idea. So anybody that purchases three books gets a free ticket to, I believe the date's October 16th. And uh, we're not doing the full dreams retreat, but we're doing the list creation part. We call that dream storming. It's a three-hour session. So anybody that uh, purchases three books gets a free ticket to that to make their first ever dreams list to hopefully you know, have for the rest of our lives and be able to use as a menu like you and I have. Oh, I love it. Well, I've got to highly recommend
0: that anyone listening and watching this that you take Dane up on this because A the books will be great. You'll love the book. You'll love having something to give away. But B, it's a game changer. Going through that dreamstorming session is going to be just next level. And I can tell you from personal experience and and going through it with Dane, this is huge. I've done this with a lot of the teams and the companies I've invested with and, and have started. It's huge for that. But for my own personal life, this is huge. My wife and I, like Dane and Brooklyn, we, we have an annual planning day where we plan all of our family stuff. And a component of that is planning out our dreams and what ones we're going to accomplish, which ones are important to each of us individually, what are ones that we can do together and how fun is that? You know, having a list of places that we want to travel, just destinations that are on this list that we can cross off. It just makes life so much more exciting, especially. In some of the weird times that we're living in right now, you know, I feel like there's no reason to not make life more exciting. So, uh, I highly recommend grabbing that. And uh, the only other thing we need is for you guys to move to Austin, and that will just complete everything. That will check off one of my dreams on my
1: dreams list, Dane. Well, I appreciate the invite, and we've got we have a lot of different things on our dreams list. So, uh, I'll never say never.
0: I like it, I like it. Well, for our audience, I love wrapping up the way that I do each week and that is this. What is one step that you can take today towards financial freedom in living the life of your dreams on your terms by your design and make your move? Thanks and we'll catch you next week.